As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. What have I been up to? Well, I mean... Make it to poopy, make it to pee, watch Sopranos on TV. I stay dehydrated, stay online, put things in my cart that I never buy. I think about reading a book, then I remember I don't read books. I feel distressed about my career, I stew in my regrets and fear. I consider working out, but I do not actually work out. I Google, why am I depressed? And Google says, cause you're a mess. Ignore phone calls from my friends, start a project I'll never end. I ask, should I go back to school? And then I'm like, absolutely not. I wonder when I last saw the dentist. Look up random houses to find out what the rent is. Compare myself to everyone else. If they have what I want, I hate myself. I make it to poopy, make it to pee, watch Sopranos on TV, and sometimes I buy myself Chipotle. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Tuesday, February 2nd. And you already know the groundhog saw its shadow today, which means it's six more weeks of classics. I'm Jiggy Skeets, and alongside me, as always, we got Tass Mellis. You got me. I was waiting for the groundhog news. What's up, everybody? What's up? I'm the Wyerton Willie to your Puxatani Phil. Nice. Uh, we got our top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Hey, oh, hey, oh, in the velvet. I crashed. Hey, hey, a podcast in here. You should have worn no undershirt under that. That would yeah, have been a hell of a look, yeah. Sopranos, like, yeah. Okay, all right. You talk. Yeah, while he does it, while while Trey <laughs> wasn't expecting that under there. Ooh, guns look good. Yeah, uh, we've got the international man of mystery taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Brownie. Yeah, brownies. Uh, yes, Trey's uh, still uh, putting on the velvet. And uh, while we wait for it to fully get on his body, making the magic happen over yonder, super producer JD. Hello. There he is. And here we are. Let's see this. Now, see. Hey, now do that. Hey! That's perfect. Thank you so much. I came upstairs wearing this shirt, and Laura's like, whoa. I was like, well, you know, I told her about Friday. I told her about how I was going to start wearing my worst shirts. And she's like, that one's your worst one. You look sleazy. Uh, uh, Mm. Well, yeah, that's sort of the the vibe of it. (laughs) Definitely, yeah. In a good way. Glad to finally come through with a pretty bad shirt. That's why I didn't mind the undershirt. 
Oh, you know, it was a better. straight white undershirt, which just was like sleazy times 10. Yeah, exactly. All right. Just, uh, Trey, just if it does get a little too cold here in the Classic Factory, be careful if you go zipping that up. <laughs> I, now I'm the chest hair is dangling. Honestly, yeah, yeah my, my ground meat is out. <laughs> um, Beef is back. Yeah, shout out to the stream team for joining us live here on YouTube. It's already a classic. Subscribe, like, comment, share the show. Uh, email in your NBA questions to nodunksattheathletic.com. We got a second podcast coming today. Ooh. Yeah, we're hitting the beach. A, a separate beach stepping podcast will be up on YouTube live. What time are we going, boys? I don't know. One, one thirty, two, something like that. Mm. Sometime mm. early afternoon, Eastern Coast time. Eastern Coast time. <laughs> uh, so just make sure you subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. Hit that little bell button. You get the notification when we're live. And of course, we'll flip it into a podcast in your uh, podcast feeds. Finally, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok at No Dunks Inc. Okay, on today's show, um, we'll talk about the Rising Stars pool of players, the 12 Rooks, the 12 Softs, the four G League Ignite yes. players. Um, we can talk about the snubs. That's all anybody wants to do when you see those names. Whoa, 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 whoa. Where's so-and-so? Where's so-and-so? So we'll talk about that. Uh, I also wanted to uh, do a little deep dive into ESPN's article this week. I guess it was yesterday from Ramona Shelburne um, on the Ben Simmons versus Philadelphia 76ers uh, ongoing battle. Um, something that you were, I guess we debated on yesterday's show about whether or not he was getting fine. Well, we got some yeah. information in that article, but we'll get to that later. Let's start with the games. First one, Tass, I'm setting you up, man. Gary Trent Jr. <laughs> tops 30 points for the fifth straight game as the Raptors beat the Heat, who had Jimmy, who had Bam. Unfortunately, no Kyle Lowry uh, still in, uh, on the floor, but good win here from the Raps. Yeah, the Raps came back from double digits because of Gary! It's hard not to say it that way, and Matt Devlin, <laughs> Raptors play-by-play -play commentator, he's pulling a little bit of the Eric Collins with the Charlotte Hornets. I hear you, Matt Devlin. Yeah. I hear you. He's getting <laughs> pumped, and he's calling him Gary! When he hit those two back-to-back -back threes in the fourth quarter that were monstrous. There was a monstrous Gary Trent Jr., from Spruce Grove. Where the heck is Spruce Grove? Had to look that one up. West of Edmonton, Alberta. I didn't well, know that. Anyways, that's a deep three. That is a very <laughs> deep. Well, deep. Gary hits tough shots, as we've talked about. Maybe Matt Devlin was excited that there were 500 fans in the building, which is an expansion from zero fans. Yeah. They've allowed 500 fans plus the families of the players. So it felt, I know it's only 500 people, <laughs> and maybe the sound was pumping in, and maybe just because it was Gary, and maybe because it was Matt Devlin, but it felt a little bit more like there were some people in the building, like there was some excitement. Uh, they were was, chanting for Gary at one point, yeah, the 500 were. people there, including Drake. <laughs> yeah, including Gary's dad, Gary Trent, yeah. the original, was there. Uh, yeah, the you know, you remember Gary Trent. Who'd I you thought you meant Drake. No, <laughs> it came right after Drake. No, I was like, what? Not calling uh, Drake his dad. I thought it was cool, though, that Drake got to see his favorite team, the Miami Heat, yeah. play <laughs> in person again. Yeah, how many... Were there more handshakes with Raptors players after the game or with Miami Heat players <laughs> I for think Drake? A, he's been to two Raptors games so far this year, right? Both Heat games. I think so. That's pretty hilarious to me. <laughs> interesting. That's, that's, that's <laughs> interesting. He's got a in Miami, doesn't he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah sure. Uh, so, you know, we'll get to uh, more of the tough shot makers when we talk about the Suns, because Gary Trent Jr., is definitely one of those guys, those two threes in the fourth, but sort of with along those Suns, the Suns line, the Raptors do it by committee. And they had seven players score in the fourth quarter to come back from double digits mm -hmm. uh, from the Miami Heat. Now, the Suns have a little bit more top-level talent 
and Devin Booker and Chris Paul, but the Raptors have their own poor man, Chris Paul and Devin Booker and Fred Van Vliet and Gary Trent Jr. And right now they are cooking. And so, yeah, this was a come from behind victory. Maybe the, the increase in fans helped out. And I'm not sure when Nick Nurse allows some other guys in the rotation to play a little bit more. I know that's the ongoing uh, theme here with the Raptors, but as Eric Kareem points out, they had the most second and fourth minutes played. First, second, fourth. By far, uh, Pascal Siakam, number one. OG's up there and Fred Van Vliet in the month of January specifically. So when the heck does that come down? Who knows? Who cares? Uh, they are just continuing to get so much out of everybody. That's seven players scoring in the fourth quarter. Again, uh, that's that's a lot of players. Uh, we talk about them just playing seven guys, and when you got that contribution in the fourth quarter, that's, that's how they won this game. That's definitely how they won it. I thought uh, the way this game started, the, the Raptors looked asleep in that first quarter, and the Heat just seemed to have enough. But then in the fourth quarter, it seemed like the Heat offensively just didn't really have enough options. And I think, again, you really noticed without Kyle Lowry yeah. there, they missed that guy who can just get those guys into sets. Bam was pretty good for them. But then it's kind of like just move the ball around, which is a good strategy. But Duncan Robinson, I think he hit his first three, didn't hit one after that. And they just didn't seem to have any other sort of momentum on their offense. And I thought for Pascal Siakam, we talk about the fourth quarter, he hit only one three. It was a big three last night there as well. Seven offensive rebounds for Pascal. I think you're just starting to see he understands he's got to be just more active and contesting those shots. He got like on a missed free throw. He got the beat rebound, put it back up and got another and one opportunity. Plays like that, I think, have been missing from his game. He's starting to understand he needs to be way more aggressive like that throughout the game. So this was a really impressive win because the legs looked heavy in that first yeah. half for both teams, really. Really. Um, and the Heat built that lead. It was double digits, and it was like the Heat are a team that can grind this out. They can keep this in the mud and probably get the win. But the Raptors found enough energy to get over the line and then closed it out in uh, in pretty impressive circumstances, I suppose, in the end. But uh, overall, this one was uh, was a tough a, a tough game because I mentioned yesterday they had the triple overtime game Saturday night. They both played Monday night on the road. So the Raptors have home court advantage. But Matt Devlin sort of talked about this with Alvin Williams on the broadcast. Like, when you've been on the road and you come home, you need the fans to lift you up. And they just didn't yeah. have that last night, you know, apart from uh, apart from uh, Drake there on the sidelines. So I thought it was uh, one of the sort of more impressive grind-out victories here for the Raptors against a tough team, even though they're obviously missing Kyle Lowry. Anything to add to Raps Heat from last night? 60 points in the second half against the Heat is super impressive, I think, for the Raptors, uh, considering the Heat are a team that likes to play slow in general and obviously kind of a defense-first team, so to hang 60 on them and a half is super impressive. I saw a lot of Raptors fans on Twitter last night calling the starting lineup the Big Five. Mm. <laughs> That's hilarious to me. They're Why right do you when call they play the together. only five? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much the only five. Uh, you get a nice little taste of a Banton or a Champagne here and there. <laughs> yes. But uh, it's basically those five. And when they're on the court, they look good. So when will that stop? I don't know. At least they'll get a little bit of a rest. All-star. All-star. Oh, yeah. That's about it. Maybe somebody will get healthy. Maybe they'll make some sort of trade with Dragic and uh, just bring in a couple extra bodies, which would be helping. Uh, but it feels like they're going to ride these five as five. long as they possibly can yeah. right? and then figure it out well and I said this on yesterday's show I, I think it was yesterday's show or maybe the show before that you know you said they come out slow in the first half and it should be the opposite when these guys are playing 40 plus minutes a game right you think okay well it's the start of the game they're fresh they're, they'll have it going and then as the game goes on they'll tire right, yeah, they'll get yeah. a little sluggish but it's the opposite 
They're so well conditioned, these guys in OG, who had a huge dunk on Butler. Obviously, Siakam, Van Vliet's got a motor. Scotty Barnes being a young guy, that's not a surprise. And then Gary Trent Jr., who cannot miss right now. Like, this is like... I don't think the rest of the NBA is probably all that, you know, uh, hyped about Gary Trent Jr., and I get it, but he is only 23 years old. Like, this is not an old player here. They, you know, they did the Norman Powell swap here, um, I guess, in the offseason, and he is just, he just can't miss from distance. It's sort of wild. And in fact, the Raptors have, like, in a lot of these games, desperately needed oh, these yeah. shots because. They're you know the Raps get a lot of their you know uh, scoring in transition because their defense is awesome the, the length is everywhere and they can create a lot of opportunities but in the half court set you know mm. it's it's Van Vliet and then it's not a lot else you know like guys can hit shots yeah. but you know it's not you don't feel all that great saying here you go Pascal like go to work yeah. no so it's Gary Trent Jr. as just a playmaker like you talked about Tass uh, has been huge in a lot of these Raptors they're relying on him for sure yeah. Fred has finally slowed down a little bit recently. He was going after that Steph Curry record of consecutive games with three-pointers made that ended last night. There, that's, a, that's a record. Consecutive three point, three games with three-pointers made. Uh, he was only like six behind, 17 to uh, Steph's like 23 or whatever it was. It's fine to slow down. So Gary is, uh, yeah, he's, he's a little bit of a no, 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 yes kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, but I think he reins it in just enough. Um, mm-hmm. he, you know, he, he definitely has the green light. Uh, to to let her rip, but the other guys, yeah, the the Pascal Siakam offensive rebounds really really key, and again uh, the most minutes in the NBA in January for Pascal, and uh, continues to keep that motor going, which is really impressive. And Fred has been playing with a heavy load all season long, especially in those half court sets with Pascal Siakam out. So it, it, it's impressive that they they have the yeah the stamina the endurance to outlast a Miami Heat team that was fresher because they didn't play Jimmy and Bam the night before. Quality win there from the Raps. All right, next game, the Wolves bench leads the way in a 130-115 win over the Nuggets. I saw someone on Twitter, Trey, saying, you got to talk about the Wolves a little bit more. You guys aren't doing that enough. And uh, I was like, okay, you know, they're they're up there. And there's no they're podcast coming. that talks more about the Minnesota Timberwolves. Guaranteed. I'll t- tell you that. Okay. I saw that, man. I know they're winning recently, so we haven't talked about them a ton ever, night in and night out. Good win last night. I read that tweet. I didn't read that tweet. <laughs> yeah. But I'm going to talk about the Timberwolves right now. A little yeah. tea talk for you. When I see that a, that a bench wins a team a game, I usually don't believe it. I'm like, the Stars probably played great, and the bench helped out. That was not the case here. The bench literally won the game for the Timberwolves last night. Nikola Jokic had a very nice first quarter. Seven points, six assists. He played 11 minutes, and the Nuggets were winning by two when he checked out with a minute left at the end of the first quarter. When he checked back in in the second quarter, the Timberwolves were leading by 20 after a 25-7 run with Jokic on the bench. Uh, I thought Denver just looked incredibly slow compared to the Timberwolves bench. They're all about activity and action and length and getting out in passing lanes. They forced a bunch of turnovers, which led to a bunch of transition, and the ball movement was actually really good as well. So Nas Reed was kind of running wild in the middle of the lane. He hit some threes as well. It was great stuff uh, from the Timberwolves bench. Afterwards, Mike Malone said the game was lost in that second quarter. Our bench unit came in. Their bench dominated our bench in that first half. That's exactly right. It ended up with four Timberwolves in double digits off the bench. Which four of those Timberwolves were they? Does anybody know? 
Torian Prince. 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 Torian Prince, yeah. good game, 23 I think points. Beasley comes off the bench. Yeah. Beasley, 12 game. points. Yeah. He hit four threes, six threes for Torian Prince. I mean, you get 10 threes from your bench. Mm. That's nice. Also, 10 for Jalen Noel and 12 for Nas Reed. So oh, they yeah, got yeah. some incredible uh, performances from their bench. Those, uh, their four main bench guys all ended up in, in the positives. Nas Reed threw in a plus three as well. So, yeah, the bench literally won it. Uh, for the Timberwolves in this one. Jokic played, obviously, in the second half as well, but he didn't need to come back in because the Timberwolves bench did it again in the second half, so it was like a 30-point game by the time Jokic would have even had a chance. So, incredible stuff from the Timberwolves, up to seventh place in the Western Conference. And let me math this out here. Two and a half games behind the Denver Nuggets, so this is kind of a valuable win as well because you can see a world where the Timberwolves maybe claw their way out of the play-in tournament, hang out at number six. Nice. That would be an incredible season for them. Wolves clawing, nice. Yeah, especially because the Mavericks are another two and a half games up there. Uh, oh, no, sorry, they're not. They're three games clear of Minnesota right now. So they could be in a real battle there for Denver to avoid the play-in if they can do that. Um, for the Timberwolves, over 500, you know, they feel like they're the Celtics. They're just they're hovering around that 500 mark the whole season long. But this is a good season for them. They've played much better than we've seen in the past. Often at this stage of the season, they're sort of clinging on for dear life. Not the case here. Uh, and also, I thought it was funny, you know, I think it was the third quarter there, the, the Wolves were up 28, and then the Nuggets went on a little run, got it back to 19, and you could hear Dave Benz and Jim Peterson on the call like, oh, guys, we can't just give this away, you can't give them any light here. So uh, they know they've seen this team give away a few leads in the past, but uh, yeah, really impressive when you look at, you know, Towns didn't have a great game, Edwards didn't have a great game, uh, D'Angelo Russell didn't play. Good win for the Timberwolves against a very quality opponent who's been playing well. They'd won five in a row. Yeah, they were on a winning streak. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Anything to add to this one? Well, I would say, yeah, it's hard to believe when a bench wins a game. You you just get production from a bench usually. But I think the teams that you can believe in, the Knicks, are probably the only one where a a bench really wins a game because Mm. usually it's more about the starters just poop in the bed really and then the, and then the the bench comes in and plays a lot better other than that maybe the spurs of yesteryear when they would help out the i don't know even still it was the starters who win yeah. the game that's who usually wins the game because that's who usually plays the most minutes you know not last Info. night not last everybody not last contributing night. Uh, off of the wolves bench in that victory and we'll see yeah can they get up to sixth you know look look the jazz are obviously struggling here yeah. too they're not that many games ahead of them there because it's like three teams that are sort of clear uh if I, if i have that if i have that right obviously the suns we're about to talk about yeah. in a second here the warriors and then the third team is grizzlies, grizzlies thank yeah. you yes i knew it was some other team and then it's like the jazz yeah. and the mavs are there and obviously the nuggets are there and the wolves are the wolves are trying to separate themselves from like yeah the play in the 500 teams to join that second little tier and we'll see if they can do it though now we've jinxed them cuz when you talk positively <laughs> no, about no, the no, wolves, no 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 it's different the next four games for the timberwolves they play at detroit then they have detroit at home then they play at sacramento twice oh my god so you have to win 3, three of those three. four yeah. I, I mean Four of four is what should be expected. Three of four would be a, a treat from the Timberwolves. Yes, if they split that, yeah. that's disappointing. I'm with you. Okay. Yeah, but okay. if they go one and three, we're not talking about them again until March. Okay. I like that. That's yeah. fair. That's one month roll. off. It's a good roll. <laughs> okay, uh, our next game from last night, the Suns roll to their 11th straight victory. They beat the Nets 121-111. This was uh, the second game on TNT last night. Tass, 
Phoenix is 41 and 9. 41 and 9 in 50 games. Yes, that is a franchise record through 50 games. If this was the lockout shortened season of 98-99, the playoffs would be starting right now and the Suns would be feeling right. Listen, they've managed their 50 games here perfectly after that quote-unquote slow start. And uh, yeah, they've had an 18-game winning streak here and now 11-game winning streak. Uh, I was watching uh, Mr. Devin Booker in this game closely because we had that talk about tough shot makers in the league. Gary Trent Jr.'s name came up. DeMar DeRozan's name came up. Luka Doncic's name came up. Devin is one of those guys. Maybe mm-hmm. it's the the shooting guard position, mm-hmm. a tiny bit undersized. You don't jump over everybody. Right. And so you know, if you have any other names, throw them in the comments. We need to know who are the tough shot makers in the NBA. Maybe Booker is a great addition. Yes. Yeah. yeah. If you looked at his 13 makes in this game, they're basically hand in the face, every single one. And he could have been... You know, he blocked a lot of the time, but he gets that shot off, and uh, he was pure last night. He was, there was some trash talking going on. Yeah, Dem Booker's one of the, the shooting guards to watch in this league, obviously. He was special yesterday. And, uh, yeah, the Phoenix Suns doing it by ensemble. That's that's the hot word <laughs> yeah, right now. Everybody that. talking ensemble. And if we're looking <laughs> long-term here, our, our man John Hollinger brought this up. What are the teams that this ensemble can emulate um, if if they uh, if they go into the playoffs and they and they ultimately get to an NBA Finals and try and, and win the championship? The fourteen Spurs are an example. The 4 Pistons are an example. So the idea being they're an ensemble, no so they don't have a top star. ten like superstar player. Yeah, though so, some Suns fans would say bullshit on that. Maybe. We have Chris Paul at the MVP table right now, right? Yes. So Devin yes. Booker is. I know. I know the hot the close. This hot take is you don't want the ball in anyone else's hands if you're a, a basketball team and if you got Chris Paul on your team. Well, that's a pretty new phenomenon. That's this year phenomenon. I know Chris Paul is hot in the fourth quarter. Yeah, you would rather have the ball in other guys' hands than Chris Paul in the in the in the well, last to to win a game. Okay, we're talking last shot. We're talking fourth quarter. Chris Paul is doing it now in in the very late part of his career. But anyways, the point is, yes, they don't have a top 10 player. I mean, yeah, Chris Paul's in the, the, they're, the they're conversation. Close, they're close, but they're I get cl- it. Because the course. idea is, like, if you look back at the last champions, it's obviously there's Giannis, there's LeBron, there's Curry. You know, Kawhi. Kawhi. Kawhi, thank you. Yeah, like, to, okay, con- so to connect it, them all. Okay. And, and, yeah, Chris Paul has, has, never, has never been a guy put him on his put the team on his back and win a championship and and yeah so yeah Durant obviously is the number one guy but we're here and they're going to go into the playoffs and if they play other healthy teams the other healthy teams will likely have uh, a a number one guy that's you know won championships depending on who they play but yeah people will say of course they they ran into some teams that were injured last year without their top guys so anyways the Suns can they do it as as a as a collective unit Obviously, it's possible, and they are obviously rolling. They have managed to to get through this health and safety protocol run here pretty well, except for DeAndre Ayton, and and he's uh, he's out, and uh, they've managed with the, those two backcourt players. On the other side, quickly, the Nets. Um, you know, it's we just mentioned Kevin Durant's name. They only played together eight times last year, and then they went into the playoffs, and they could have easily knocked off the Bucks. If it wasn't for a long Kevin Durant toe, or if they're playing with their stars, Kyrie Irving was out there playing with half a James Harden who was playing on uh, one leg. But they have questions this year that they 
didn't have last year. First, Kevin Durant's not healthy. Second, James Harden still has that hamstring injury. Didn't know about that until the playoffs last year. I mean, he's he's laboring right now. Kyrie Irving can only play road games uh, currently. And I think the other big question is the supporting cast isn't the same as it was last year. You know, you had Joe Harris shooting balls last year. He's not playing right now. You had Bruce Brown, as you knew he was going to come in and be uh, that motor. And, uh, you know, I mentioned LaMarcus Aldridge a couple weeks ago because I thought he could be their big guy, at least to support like Blake Griffin was last year. Now he's hobbled and he's having a career year, but now he's on, on crutches. So this team, again... They could have ran to the title last year after playing eight games together. Only their big three play, had only played eight games together. Uh, but this year, there's, there's, I think there are more additional questions. And if they do get healthy again, um, you know, they could just slam those questions, you know, to the ground pretty easily because they have some crazy top end talent. But uh, at three games out of first, they'll tell you, ah, we can get it together. But it, they aren't together the way they were last year. Like their supporting cast isn't the same. So it's a, it's a struggle. It's been a big slog of a season for the Brooklyn Nets. Back to the Suns with that Hollinger article about the ensemble there. He in it is uh, wondering like, do they make a move here and really, really like try and get one more piece possibly to like make another um, run to the finals and try and win the whole thing. He threw out a couple ideas. I want to chuck them at you and everybody here in the stream team. He said, and he compared it in, in talking about like an ensemble team. He called like uh, one of the bad boys teams, like mm-hmm. sort of an ensemble team. And he said, adding a Vinnie Johnson like player to. Chris Paul and Devin Booker's Isaiah and Dumars making that comparison. For instance, John Hollinger writes, Dario Saric out for the season and on the books for about $9 million next year. Could they trade him, Jalen Smith, Frank Kaminsky, and a first in 2024 to Portland for, and I might as well just point at Tass's chess, for Norm. Mm-hmm. JD, yeah, for Norm. Um, Norman Powell, there it is, Norm. Um, and then, so there's that. And what about a similar package to Houston for Eric Gordon and, let's say, Jason, Jason Tate? Do you think the Suns should be active and really, like, looking at this roster, like, hey, one, one, one more piece, or are they fine? Well, I think if, you, if you're offering up those players who are basically not playing right. and you get Norm Powell, yes, right. why not? Why not get Norm Powell? These are future picks, by the way, yeah, like 2024, yeah. 2026, stuff like that. Uh, because you're not getting anything out of those guys. Him or Eric Gordon, both. I think Eric Gordon's probably a little bit more reliable from three. I'm not really sure. I'd have to look into it a little bit more, but he's done that a little bit. Norm, as you know from the Toronto days, Hot norm, yeah. cold norm. He goes a little bit like that. But I really think a lot of it comes down to what uh, offensively they get out of Bridges as well. Oh, yeah. Bridges last night, in the last two games, he's had over 50 points. Uh, he's a bit of a feast or famine guy. Sometimes he gets four shots. Sometimes last night he had 14. I think he had 16 in the last game against the Spurs. And when he's on and when he just cuts inside and they find him, he's got those gigantically long arms. He can finish it around the rim. Remember the first two games of the finals last season against the Bucks. He was really good. And then he dropped off. A combination of factors there. But if they can get more offensive, consistent offensive production out him, they don't necessarily need that other yeah. guy to come out and shoot there. But And, and obviously, look, Bridges is brilliant he's out there team. for his defense yeah, he, yeah he's there he's their fourth with play but he again he can have games like he did last night where he has 27 points on a big night against a good opponent and he is an incredible player so uh but yeah if you can sort of package that ensemble Sarich Smith and Kaminsky oh, a yeah, future pick you're doing yeah, that. Yeah, ensemble yeah. within an ensemble yeah. 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 yeah yeah I mean if you can get a couple of players who would play for you in the postseason I would personally prefer Gordon and Tate over yeah. uh Norm Powell yeah. uh by a long shot but um yeah, I mean, Saric is out for the season. You've got DeAndre Ayton back playing in the lineup. Bismack Biombo has been fun to watch. He can at least be your backup center. He probably won't play a ton in the playoffs. So, yeah, I mean, if you're going to 
ship out uh, some non-rotation pieces for some playoff performers. Good stuff. Yeah, ship out that quartet from your orchestra because that quartet and that ensemble <laughs> isn't really contributing. What what instruments would that quartet be that aren't contributing? That the the least impactful of the orchestra. JD, help us out here. Uh, is, is, the oboe? I don't know. I mean, is that important? <laughs> I mean, I want I want I want I want to Yes, type. I, the oboe is okay, incredibly important. I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. I want I want a type of instrument like I want the triangle. Like a triangle. Yeah, the Get triangle. The yeah. It's very impactful though. A triangle when it comes in, that ding over everything, just one. Yeah, you're right. Yeah can make an entire symphony. So okay, <laughs> what's your answer to that? Give us at least one like, instrument to get the hell out of the third symphony. trombone. Get out of third here. third trombone? Yeah, you know, like there's the lead and then there's the, you know, the the third person down the row. They're, they're the third best. Yeah, yeah. I, I was looking. And for no one's a, gonna notice. I was looking for a group. I was looking for a group of instruments uh, within the orchestra, the an ensemble within the ensemble. Yeah, the woodwinds are. That's an yeah. interesting one. The woodwinds, the brass, violas, maybe. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Violas, yeah. the violins, goodbye. See ya. See you later. No, no, no. violins stay, but violas get out. <laughs> oh, okay, fine. Sorry, I didn't know that they were separated. Oh uh, well, yes, yes, Tess. I mean, I think you could get rid of the symbols and the triangle. You're wrong. Auxiliary percussion? We might yeah. have a new uh, squad pod here where we uh, yeah, yeah. do the opposite yeah. of drafting it. We like we, we take the symphony yeah. and the eliminator. We, we start eliminating them. Yeah. But you just gotta wonder about the triangle guy, like you know, like you're just an awesome triangular in, in high school. And you're like, man, we've got to get that guy. Great timing. Yeah, I guess so. And yeah. attention to detail. Yeah. Like, you can fade away there, just standing there. Yeah. You would be, you know. you'd be checking your phone. Well, it's funny oh, because the, talking about trying, I've seen it at Elton John concerts. I'm like, I see the guy just going bing like that, and I'm like. Well, that's not usually all they're doing. <laughs> no, it's no. It's usually yeah. other percussion yeah, yeah, instruments. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, sure. he is up there. But I'm like, I don't notice that impact from that just that one dingle, and then he gets back to his other business. But uh, I guess Elton does. <laughs> wow. Elton, Shots oh, fired. Elton does. <laughs> what what instrument do you see yourself playing in an orchestra? Uh, in an orchestra, uh, yeah. yeah. Give me some sort of big uh, clarinet. Would a clarinet be in there? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, of course. Yeah. Uh, uh, give me the clarinet. That's a pretty sexy instrument. <laughs> what? what? I think so. No way. Sexy clarinet is like a not sexy saxophone. No, I think it, I think it is. I, I, you know, why I said that? Really? I was in, uh, I was in um, Central Park one day in summer. <laughs> he has one specific story where he saw and this a really guy, cool looking guy playing the clarinet. This guy was sort of busking, not really busking. He was just playing the clarinet. It was a beautiful September, a gorgeous day. Gorgeous day. Always and the, a gorgeous day. <laughs> it was. It was September in New York. It was beautiful. I was there for the tennis, and uh, I thought, wow, that guy's just really bringing the ambiance to Central Park. You know, like. It's just, it's, it's a nice background, yeah. you know. It doesn't stand out in an orchestra, but I can see it so yeah. well. You know. But is it sexy? Clarinet is not sexy. Definitely no. not. No you curves. You don't notice it. No curves. Straight up. <laughs> just straight. <laughs> straight. Straight wood. Uh, we got to get to these other games here. Uh, Lee, the shorthanded yes. Warriors stunned the Spurs 124-120, extended their winning streak. And look, we keep talking about the Suns racking up these wins. The dubs are still there, and they got this victory last night without really any of their guys. That's right, and they were down 15 going into yeah. that third quarter there. Jonathan Kuminga was brilliant in that fourth quarter. Had some really nice plays, got some out, uh, hit a three, got some outlet uh, fast breaks, but just really shows his athleticism and his size inside. He's going to be a handful, I think, in this league. If he's, He was a high draft pick. They believe in him. 
on a team like this, he's not going to get a ton of opportunities. But last night, because there was no Steph, no Draymond, no Clay, no Andrew Wiggins, someone had to step up. And it got into that fourth quarter when uh, it was finally him. And then Jordan Poole hit a huge three. Might have gotten away with the travel uh, just before that. I'm not sure. It depends on which broadcast you listen to, really. Uh, <laughs> the Warriors there, Bob Fitzgerald and uh, uh, Azabuki, were like uh, sort of laughing, just going like, ah, wasn't really a travel. And, but Joe, the, that means it was if they were but laughing. See, on the Spur, I listened to the Spurs as well, and Bill Land was kind of like the fans thought it was a travel. He didn't actually uh, <laughs> say if it was a travel or not. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. This was a really good comeback for, uh, win. Steph Curry was going crazy on the sidelines here. And I think for Steve Kerr, you know, I, I talked to little bit about this yesterday with the Philadelphia 76ers without Embiid. They had their other stars, but no Embiid. Can this team still win and compete against a team like the San Antonio Spurs? Aren't having a great season, but they're always a kind of tough team. And they did. So uh, I think Bob Fitzgerald also called this the, the most impressive victory of the season last night. All factors considered, yeah. no stars coming down for 15 and had to close it out. So it was a uh, it was a pretty good end here to the game. So good stuff from the Warriors. The other games last night, Trey, I'm chucking them all at you. All right, don't Do you worry, a- I, I got to take for every single okay, one Okay, perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just about to ask you. Okay, uh, Bulls hold off the Magic's fourth quarter rally for the 126-115 win. I know you got to take on this. Yeah, my take is that the Bulls have decided to not play defense. Not even mm. try until Lonzo and Caruso are back. I love it, but I kind of hate it because I've seen what they look like when they actually do play defense. Mm. That being said, they did play five minutes of defense last night. Finished the game on an 11-0 run after the Magic tied it late in the fourth quarter. A couple of big shots by Io Desunmu last night. Io Silver, as Stacey <laughs> King was saying. That's the 32nd win for your Chicago Bulls. More than they had all of last season. Up next... John Hollinger's prediction of 36 wins. <laughs> Can they get there before the All-Star break? It'll be tough. Four games and five nights for the Bulls. They play the Raptors, uh, one of those, Thursday, right? yeah. I think. Ooh, exciting mm-hmm. stuff. Yep. Okay. Uh, what about this one? Giannis gets the triple-double, helps the Bucks top the Wizards 112-98. First game on TNT last night. That's right. And you know I like to say that first-half leads aren't real. And this is a good, weird first-half leads aren't real kind of game. The Bucks got up by 17 in the first half. Wizards battled back, took the lead with eight minutes left, but there was a 17-4 run for Milwaukee the last four and a half minutes of this game, and the Bucks won by 14. So they blew a 17-point lead and still won by 14 because they were playing against the Wizards, and they had Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah. The guy just decided, over. okay, I'll just dunk it every single time. I'll be in the lane so many times. The only other real takeaway I have from this, there was a flagrant on Giannis Antetokounmpo that was called a common foul first. They went back and reviewed it. It was Montrezl Harrell grabbed him on the arms. Getting a little shacky with the way people are defending uh, Giannis these days. It's kind of like, just try and take him down at least yeah. once a game. Right. So I like Bobby Portis stepping up there, though. Yeah, I Bobby's like to, got his know, back, no yeah, doubt. No doubt about and, that. But yeah. uh, they're going to have to protect Giannis, I think, a little bit out here. Because people are just going to keep taking shots at him. <laughs> and you can see why, though. Because how do you actually stop yeah. him? No. You know, He's got that gigantic step. He's so long. You know, He's so strong now as well. You're really noticing that physical bulk that he's got where he's bouncing guys off him yeah. you know so they're like we can't really do anything else it does remind me a bit like of the Antonio Davis and Dale Davis where they're just like just jump on Shaq you've got six fouls right. use them right, um, right. So, uh, but obviously we don't want him getting injured or hurt or anything like that but it's a it's a tough tough matchup right now against uh, Giannis I mean, it has been for the last couple of years, but yeah. now, really, like he's he's so much more confident in himself. I think inside. 
Uh, and final one, Brandon Ingram, 26 points. Uh, he's back in the lineup. Pelicans rally for the 111-101 win over the Pistons. Yeah, Brandon Ingram is the story. Missed five games, came back, and the Pelicans won right away. 26 points, three rebounds, four assists. This doesn't sound impressive. The Pelicans are 17-20 and 20 when he plays, but they're 2-12 and 12 when he doesn't. Yeah. He wasn't one of my all-stars. But I considered making the case, and I would hear from people on the internet if they wanted to say Brandon Ingram is an all-star. Uh, like When they come out with snubs, surely he will be one of the guys yeah. mentioned as a snub because he's been playing pretty well. And when he plays, the Pelicans are actually a competitive team. I'm still thinking they could possibly make a run at the play-in tournament. Who knows? They just had that terrible, terrible start. Now they're balling, and they seem to have figured some things out. So good stuff from Brandon Ingram. Welcome back, buddy. Come Friday show, Tess, when we're here in the Classic Factory for the drop, and we're talking about the reserves named the night before. Will Brandon Ingram's name come up on your list of snubs? <laughs> in the Western what an accomplishment to come up on a list of snubs. Yeah. Yeah, he has been really be good the when list. they play. And uh, he's he's battled through. It's been a rough season. Uh, think about it for the New Orleans Pelicans. If, if the the whole Zion thing plays out differently and Zion's on the floor for half the games, then they're a, a play-in tournament team, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, then they have Brandon Ingram in the conversation as an all-star. And Zion's not done. I don't think he's done this season. I think there'll be a, there'll be a Zion appearance at some point. Tess says Zion's not done, and we're not either. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to get to the Rising Stars rosters. We'll talk snubs when it comes to the Rooks and Sauce, and we'll do a deep dive on the latest intel into the Simmons versus 76 I'll be oh, back. Oh, you know, you don't want to yeah, talk no, about that? All right, great. We'll be right back. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Back in the Classic Factory, last night the NBA unveiled the rosters for this month's Rising Stars Challenge, which featured the presence of G League Ignite players for the first time. But let's get to the rookies first. Them selected were... Scotty Barnes, Kate Cunningham, Io, Chris Duarte, Giddy, Green, Herb Jones, Davion Mitchell, Mobley, Shengun, Suggs, and Wagner. Um, so before we get to the sophomores, was there a snub? Or did they do a pretty good job here, <laughs> Tass? Um, like, like, is there a name that you're like, what? Where, where, where's that rookie? Or is this a pretty good 12? I don't want to get snobby about the snubs. I think they did a good job. Yeah. I think they did a good job. You can bring up a name, sure. I think they did a good job. You want me job. to bring up a name? Yeah, of course. We got to, right? <laughs> there was one name that I was just surprised, I think, just because of like the plays we've seen from them. He had a good game last mm. night, he said, sort of turning the game around for the Warriors. Kaminga. I thought Kaminga would just be selected. And people will say, well, if you bring up a snub and you bring up a name, you got to take somebody <laughs> yeah. off. I, I didn't think Davion Mitchell would be on the uh, on the team, but but he's there. Kings have had a shit poor season, maybe a little bright <laughs> spot. Uh, 
so that's it. That's all. That's my only qualm, if you want to even call it that. Yeah, and, and like I said, for for Kaminga, he's had some good moments, but it's just hard to break into a team yeah, like yeah, yeah. that. So, like uh, that's the thing. Davion Mitchell actually has better yeah, stats. Than yeah. Uh, he's incredible to watch defensively, but yeah, you, you can't sort of get too upset with who they pick because it would be tough. There's a lot of guys who play a handful of minutes and then they're off and then they've had some bigger impact. Like Evan Mobley, of course he's going to make it, but he's missed time as well with injuries out there. Most of these guys have, so I don't really, I'm not sort of getting upset, throwing, you know, punches at anyone over uh, who's not in the uh, sophomore rising stars challenge. I was surprised to see Kuminga has played 40 games this season. That's high. So it gets in there, yeah. Mm. Okay, That's high for higher me. than you thought. Yeah, yeah I think so. Um, you must have been very excited that IO got some, uh, you know, not consideration, got uh, selected to this team. Not really a surprise. No, but I not like at that. All. I like that Herb and IO like second rounders. Like, did yeah, that's good. Yeah, I wonder how high IO would go in a redraft. Top 10, I think, for sure. Maybe top five, depending on how crazy you are about him. That's a top 10. I'm taking IO over Giddy. I said it. Whoa. Whoa. Let's go to the Nobody sophomores. Nobody disagrees. Hey, you, nice, nice, nice. Yeah, you don't dis- you do disagree with. You would take Giddy. <laughs> of course I would. I mean, Giddy's been great. Yeah, but the IO's been incredible too. The steal of the draft, people are saying. IO. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Giddy could argue that as well at number six. The and no steal one had of him. No draft. one had him up there. No one had him. I didn't see him on any board higher than about twelve, maybe ten. Yeah, you called it. Well, I got some good information. Yeah, yeah I mean, good information. Some really good information. So you're yeah. taking you take IO over Giddy. Uh, Franz and a couple Jalen's. I don't it's know about be- Franz. Franz is pretty solid, man. Yeah. But uh, so I don't Cade. know. I would have to. I would map it out someday. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Cade Barnes Mobley. But I feel like Kaminga. I'm with you. He's probably the biggest snub. He was the highest draft pick that didn't make it. Yeah. He's got the G League pedigree, which I would wonder if that kind of factored in. Obviously, hmm. it, it didn't. But I also feel like he kind of got screwed by Wiggins making it as a starter. They're like, we can't invite all of the Warriors here. We can't have every single Warrior. Throw some sauce out there for the Pacers and Kings. Yeah, They need a representative at All-Star yeah. Weekend. That, that does happen with these, for sure. All right, let's get to the uh, sophomores here. JD, we got Precious Achua from the Raptors. Cole Anthony, LaMelo Ball, Desmond Bain, Sadiq Bey, Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton, Tyrese Maxey, two Tyrese's. Uh, Jaden McDaniels, Isaac Okoro, beef stew there with the Pistons. So that uh, that brings us up to three Pistons players, if you're keeping track. And then Jay Sean Tate from the Rockets. Uh, Leo, start with you. This one, uh, I think there are maybe more names that people are like, whoa, where's this guy? Uh, who's at the top of your list? Well, another guy who's been really good defensively is uh, Kongwu there yeah. for the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah. I think uh, he's got a pretty strong case, but again, he just hasn't maybe had enough minutes. He's only played like yeah. 18 one games. Yeah. 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 So, uh, but when he has played, he's really for stood sure. out. He's had some incredible plays and moments. But uh, again, you, you can't get sort of too upset about these things because for most of these guys, you know, they're, they're just trying to make it on a team. And so this is like gravy on top of their... Dinner, steak dinner, right? Top of their beef stew. Yeah, but exactly. uh, so. I, I think Okongwu should make it over beef stew. Yeah. I understand that you know, the league is saying to the Pistons, here you go. You know, the Hawks have Trey Young in the All Star game, but what do the Pistons got? Well, they got guys in the in the Rising Stars challenge, but I think Okongwu, even though Isaiah Stewart has had the opportunity to play a lot more, Okongwu's played better. Uh, he has uh, played. Uh, very solid and he could be a starter while Stewart has played in that starter role and hasn't really done the same thing but uh, either way yeah I'm, I'm not getting upset but I'm upset <laughs> I want I want a Kongwu in this game and uh, it's hard to take anybody off but I would take I would trade him for the beef I was a little shocked that neither of the two Knicks players made it 
in Obi Toppin mm. or Emmanuel Quickly. I will say, I thought at least one of them would be in there. And again, it gets yeah a little difficult. Like, okay, who are you taking off? Because there's some awesome, awesome names there. But were you uh, similarly surprised a little bit, Trey? That yeah, I actually really like these rosters because I feel like there are some snubs out there. But in general, these are the most exciting players from these two drafts, except for one of the Knicks guys. I guess Obi Toppin is likely a dunk contest. Yep competitor so fair keep him out which means that Emmanuel quickly would maybe slide in there but he's had a little bit of an underwhelming season that being said those are the two big ones to me I also saw Denny Avdia and Devin Vassell yep. were the other names being bandied about yep. but not much buzz for either of those guys this year yeah, yeah. you watch one of them will be an injury repl- replacement unfortunately no someone will tweak an ankle here in the next couple of weeks and they'll have to name some guys uh, and just to remind everyone this is not rooks versus sophomores this year they're doing something different we're going to jumble up the teams including four G League Ignite players uh, named to the roster pool Marjan Beauchamp if I'm saying that correctly mm. excuse me that's a beautiful name though uh, Dyson Daniels yeah the the vacuum cleaner they <laughs> definitely don't call him Lee uh, Jaden Hardy and then maybe the best name of the bunch Scoot Scoot uh, Henderson one of these guys you love Lee because they're Australian well right? Dyson Daniels yeah, yeah he's uh, he's Australian I honestly don't uh, the know, Aussie vacuum they call yeah, him I honestly don't know a whole Swirls lot of, backwards uh, about Sorry. him but yes. um, he has been uh, he has been floated around some mock draft boards uh, so I believe a, a, the, a lot of these guys the G League Ignite guys are like I think they're all four of them are ranked in like the top 20 on yeah on, on so uh, yeah if we can get another Australian drafted that'd be fantastic so I think him and Josh Giddy have played together in the past so uh Excited to see how he goes on the big stage. Okay, so I'm going to throw this at you guys. It's true, true sicko shit, but should we do a podcast? Because they're going to have four teams here. (laughs) Should we play the roles of the four coaches, let's say? You're Rick Barry. Okay. Tass. <laughs> Great free throw uh, I'm shooter. GP. I'm GP. You're, you're I've Payton. worked with Gary Payton Yeah, you're Gary before. Payton. I can, I can uh, Trey, channel Is Gary. Trey more of an Isaiah Thomas or James Worthy? Well, on one hand, Isaiah Thomas is from Chicago. On the other hand, Ooh, yeah, James that, Worthy accessorizes. Yeah, I think oh, I like the Chicago link. I'll take it. Okay, yep, yeah. I'll take it. And then, okay, that leaves me as James Worthy. What I was going to say is, should we do a podcast where we draft our teams? <laughs> You don't oh. want to. <laughs> and that's fair. That's so let's make them. Yeah, yeah we'll yeah, do yeah. it. So we're definitely doing yeah, that. We'll do it. I, I, Why not? Listen, I don't Because know. we could draft them and then and then the you know the viewers, the listeners could tell us Ooh, who's got the best team there. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah. Because they're stocked with good players. As yeah. Trey brought up, it's easy to get excited about these three teams or these three lists of players here because yeah, the last two drafts have been stocked full of talent and no one has really disappointed. Of course, you know, some guys rise to the crop, uh, rise to the cream of the crop a little bit more, but yeah, looking through both rosters, yeah, it's disappointing James Wiseman isn't there because he's been injured as a number two pick, but Patrick Williams, I, I, uh, Patrick Williams yep. sure, but I don't know if it's just a, an annual February thing where I get a little bit excited about what, looking at these rosters. I can't remember last year or the year before well, when we, didn't we talked about this. Year. That was the thing. Oh, Maybe, I think you're maybe we've just been yearning for it <laughs> yeah. for two years. Yeah. And maybe as a Raptors fan, seeing Scotty Barnes and Precious Achua in there, exciting stuff. The first time the Raptors have had two players in the event since 2008. <laughs> <laughs> well, who's that? Bargnani and... Bargnani and... It's got to be like... It's, it's uh, someone's... Uh, it's Joey, Joey, Joey Graham? Jamario Moon. Jamario Moon. Yeah, oh, Jamario you knew Moon. that. Come on, you knew that. No, I, I, You're I just think guessing Jamario Moon. Well, I remember, yeah. like, I remember Bargnani for sure, but uh, yeah. I knew it was someone stupid. Jamario Moon. No offense Moon. to Jamario Moon. <laughs> well, when was he in the dunk contest? 
Somewhere around probably the same year, yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah could you think? Same year. Yeah, probably same year. They didn't pay for two flights, two separate uh, years. Hey, nah. I was surprised Precious Achua got selected. That's a surprise. That's a surprise. You know, um, some Kongu, of those other, Vassel, yeah, some of those other Avdia. names. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, well, let's hear from you guys. Any other? What about this guy? What about this young guy <laughs> that we didn't say here on today's show? Let us know in the stream team. Let us know in the comments uh, or tweet at us at No Dunks Inc. Okay, our next little thing here, a little different. But on Tuesday, ESPN published a wide-ranging report from Ramona Shelburne detailing the many layers of the standoff between Ben Simmons and the 76ers. I loved every paragraph from this. So I thought, hey, let's have some fun with it. Here are my top five parts from (laughs) Ramona's latest Ben Simmons versus the Sixers column. Top five, top five, top five. Top five, top five. Yeah, okay, so at number five, Lee, this one's for you. Great. Because, again, we debated this on yesterday's show about, is Simmons, like, actually getting fine? Is he really losing money? Is Why isn't this a bigger story? Remember, Tass and I were like, nah, I don't think so. And you're like, eh, he might be. Well, turns out he is. According to Ramona, Simmons has lost over $19 million in fines since the season began. Each missed game cost him about $360,000. He hasn't cleared a paycheck since the $8.25 million, which was 25% of his $33 million salary, that was due to him back in uh, the start of October. Every two weeks, the team sends a notice with an explanation of all the fines he has accumulated for failing to render services instead of a $1.375 million paycheck. And by the end of the season, she writes, if he does not play for the Sixers or any other team, Simmons could lose another $12 million. This, I mean, you must have been a little surprised by this part from this column because you again were like is that happening she says Mm -hmm. it is she says it is there's another line there that that further explains it though as well so to summarize he got an eight million dollar check to start the season because he has a unique clause in in his contract that says you get 25 percent he's been fined 19 million dollars since but an arbitrator will settle this Mm -hmm. eventually so yeah we can Mm -hmm. talk about the man's money and dollar in dollar out dollar in dollar out but eventually someone is going to adjudicate this, and the and the union's going to say, "Hey, give some of that money back uh, to Ben." And so, yeah, the the final dollars. It looks bad for Ben now, but I think I think Ben will get more in his pocket eventually. And that twenty five percent helped out right off the bat. Sure. Nice, nice. And, and he's eight. probably already made forty million in his career. Oh, or something probably like more. Maybe more. Yeah. More. Yeah. Uh, anything to add to that first piece here? No, I mean it, it is interesting though. I'm not sure how he can get any of those missed game checks back. The games are gone. They're done. They're played. So I'm not sure even with an arbitrator, what could you say to recoup any of that money? I mean, going forward, certainly if he sits on the bench, if he dresses and suits up, maybe he gets paid then. But those games, I mean, you can't replay them. So I'm not sure how he's going to get it back. Anyway, I mean, $360,000 he's sitting there. Just, A game. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Next piece here. Number four, I guess. According to sources close to Simmons, he's upset that Embiid seemed to blame him for last season's playoff loss when Simmons did not blame Embiid for Embiid's poor showing in the playoffs against the Raptors in 2019. He's frustrated that Rivers, Doc Rivers, didn't come to see him while he was training in Los Angeles last summer. And there was a little more to this. Um, This part is uh, getting a lot of buzz, I would say, like a lot of the headlines here that... Simmons is pissed off that Embiid got upset with him with what happened against the Hawks, but hey, Simmons didn't get upset with Embiid when he was a plus 90 in that series against the Raptors. And yeah, his raw numbers were down. Gasol did a great job. He was sick and all that, but this is weird. 
because uh, this this is coming from Simmons camp here. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm not surprised to hear it though, because Embiid and Doc Rivers 100% threw Simmons under the bus. There was a smarter way they could have done. They could have voiced their displeasure to him and then just said, yeah, we got Ben's back. Wish he would have taken that shot, but he didn't. There are other ways they could have gone around, gone about it. But so it's not surprising to me that that sticks in Ben Simmons' craw. And if you're, if like, if he's just like, hey, let me see here, pulls up Basketball Reference and looks at Joel Embiid's stats <laughs> yeah, against right. the Raptors in 2019. 17 and a half a game, nine rebounds, only 37% yeah. from the field. You can see where he's making the argument, but Embiid was not the problem in uh, in that playoff series. And honestly, Marc Gasol, I think that really shows something that Marc Gasol is a pretty solid defender, even late in his career <laughs> that he was doing that. My favorite part, though, is the next paragraph. Simmons doesn't dispute that he didn't reply when Rivers texted and called him several times over the summer. But in hindsight, Simmons feels Rivers and the Sixers could have done more, like showing up at a well-known gym in the San Fernando Valley where he was training. I, I can't believe that's out there. Because wasn't it they, they they were getting on a plane to go out and to try to convince yeah. him to come back, and he said, don't come. Mm. And now he's saying this. Yeah. <laughs> that's just beyond stupid, if you ask me. Like, that, that doesn't make any sense. The Simmons and, and Embiid stuff, again, statistically, and I think uh, Embiid had the upset stomach in that series yeah. as well. That doesn't really make sense. Yeah, the this, yeah, this is even, this sounds even stupider to say you could have shown up. We tried to. You said don't. <laughs> Which one do you want? Yeah. Yeah. Anything well, yeah. Uh, Ramona is, is yeah, he, she is relaying what, what's coming from Simmons camp, trying to play both sides here. There's other parts of this that aren't included. Yeah, they tried to go out and see him. They wanted to see him. Joel Embiid got on the microphone and said, hey, uh, support our brother, he called him at the beginning yep. of this season. You know, again, I'm sure that message wasn't for the fans. It was for Ben Simmons. So, you know, but this is this he said, he said, he said stuff is uh, it's rough. I mean, they're teammates and uh, it's unfortunate. But yeah, I mean, in the heat of the moment. Yeah. Doc said, I don't know if Ben Simmons can be a point guard to lead us to a championship team. And B said, we lost the game when that man didn't dunk the ball. And that was it for Ben. I mean, they, right. I don't think they could recoup it, I guess, unless they went to San Fernando and watched. Find me at a well-known gym. <laughs> <laughs> There's yeah. only one there. And yeah, he's been working out at a well-known gym in Philadelphia. <laughs> but then that has to stop yeah. because people see him. So now, he, now he's back at the practice facility. Mm. What an article. All right. My next favorite part from this article. Some within the organization believe Simmons has built up his return so much the reality would be nothing compared to what he has imagined it to be. Quote, he'd get booed for a few games, but if he played well, everyone would get over it, one team source says. The fans booed Joel and Tobias Harris too, and they both got through it. I, I think this is a, a fascinating little addition here to this article. Do you believe that's the case, that maybe Simmons has built it up in his mind? Yeah, they're going to boo him if he were to return, and I don't think it's ever going to happen play for the Sixers, but if he did... There'd be booze, and then if he played well, it's like, oh, great. Now we got Simmons. Fans are as fickle as anything. Right. Of course, if he plays well, they're going to forget about it quickly. Yeah. If they start winning games, they're like, oh, man, this guy's awesome. They forget about that stuff. They want to get it out at the start during introductions. Boo, boo, boo. Simmons goes out there, grabs that rebound, zips down the floor, has a high real, uh, highlight reel dunk. Team wins. He's playing defense. He's giving this to the crowd. Yeah, I, yeah. For the Philadelphia fans. We talked about it earlier. Like, would you rather apathy or the passion? The same with the Knicks. They're passionate both ways. Yeah, they will absolutely support one of their own if they're winning. If he goes out there and he doesn't pass and he doesn't care, 
then they'll boo him sure, and they sure. and they'll and they'll be like, get off. But if he's out there playing his ass off, they are going to support him. I believe a hundred percent. After the initial like, just let us get this out, just let us have this one, <laughs> right? Because fans just want winners. Fans, want, if your team is winning, they don't care how it comes about. What oh, happens yeah. though if they start losing and he passes up another shot, Lee? They're going to boo him. They're going to boo him. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. they're going to boo him if he does that. But if he takes a shot, let's say a good shot, like a, you know, if he goes off for that shot and say clunks it or misses it, but he's trying, I think they're going to be more sympathetic at least to say hey you tried out there I'm glad you brought this up because Kyle Newbick yes of, of Philadelphia <laughs> oh my are you fucking kidding me the Philly, Philly voice. voice okay <laughs> he said and I think this is spot on people are willing to forgive failure and mistakes for people who prove themselves willing to recognize their own limitations and work to fix them what they won't do is show respect to someone who opts out of even trying exactly. when things get tough. And that is maybe the fundamental difference between an Embiid and a Ben Simmons. Yeah. Uh, and like, because Embiid, like, you know, okay, against that series against the Raptors, he's crying after it and yeah. stuff like that. Didn't have a great series, not a dominant series. You know, he flames out against the Celtics. People are like, ooh, missing Ben Simmons in that uh, series. Maybe it is Ben Simmons is, uh, you know, the real engine of this team. And instead, he takes all that and he's like, well, screw you. I'm just going to get better and better and then finishes MVP runner-up and, of course, might win it this year. Who knows? And where Simmons is tackling this as the complete opposite yeah. of like, no, you don't know. You don't understand. And I'll, I'll show you, but I'll show you on some other team. <laughs> so I thought that was a fascinating point. The Philly voice, all right? Philly voice, yeah. I know. Kyle does a great job, by the way. It does. It does. Okay. Uh, next one here. Only two left. Every night around 10 p.m., Simmons receives the team schedule for the next day. He shows up to shoot-arounds and film sessions when and where he's required to, according to a source close to him, to avoid getting fined for missing the team activity, but he rarely stays long or engages with anyone. This is really strange if this is true. So he has still been, like, periodically showing up to shoot-arounds and walkthroughs and just sort of stands in the corner, probably doesn't engage all that much, say anything at all. That is... Working on his jumper. It's even weirder. <laughs> he better be. <laughs> he better be. I mean... What? Working on his jumper? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing. If he's taken all this time off and when he comes back, he still hasn't got any semblance of any improvement on that jump shot. That's when fans are going to be like, well, you weren't doing anything. You were just hanging around. So I hope he's working on it. I hope he's got something he's adding to his game. Yeah. I just think this, like, this concept has of like... It's, I almost want to like applaud the Sixers and their record so far. If this is the case that Ben, he's like you see him around, he's sort of there, but you have to like pretend he's not, and like that's got to be strange. Yeah, shootarounds and film sessions. Yeah, I definitely didn't know that. Um, you got to assume that that is yeah, it's definitely true that it's happening. Yeah, how many he's there? I guess you know if you want to get all fickle, like is he there all the time? It's just a, it is a very, 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 very strange scenario. He's working out. According to Ramona Shelburne's yeah. article, he's looking good in terms of being physically ready if there's a team out there looking for Ben. <laughs> According to this article, the guy is good. Go to a local gym. You may see him. You may not. But he's ready to play basketball. And he attends the occasional shoot-around or film session. So he's he likes basketball. So, but, but but why? I mean, they have to invite him so that they can find him, right? Pretty much. So. But why would you want him around? Right. Yeah, I, I, I assume I, he's getting paid for those things. That's though. what it says, yeah, is that yeah. he goes to avoid being fined. Right, yes. But I'm like, I don't know, yeah. man. Like, yeah. This is just a lot of extra clerical work for the Sixers. <laughs> they got to send him a schedule that he's going to show up and you're not going to talk to him. They're sending him all of these 
envelopes filled with the reasons he's being <laughs> fined. Like I think the reason is why they want him back. They want him to be there. I, I think they're not cutting bait, right? They're they're still they're they're like a boyfriend that's still yearning for that girlfriend. Mm. I'm gonna come around you in that local gym where I know you hang out. <laughs> See you at the you local know, gym. Could be See a little at the local well-known gym. Oh yes, maybe a little rekindling. My final part. We'll end on a positive note. This one's just a little silly. It was near the end. Ramona wrote, "In many ways, Simmons has already moved on. He still lives with his Italian mastiff Bane." in the house he'd originally hoped would be a forever home near Philadelphia, although he put it up for sale months ago. Every man's got to have a dog. (laughs) In all honesty, you know, Simmons sounds like he's going through it, and a lot of it, I know people are upset with him and and question this whole mental health stuff, and that's, uh, you know, unfortunate, I think, but at least he's got a dog. Mm. That's got to help, Lee. Bane. I like that name, too. Pretty good dog name. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's got a dog. He's engaged too, apparently. Yes, uh, that's right. According that's right. to the article. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, this is a, an awful situation, and um, I, I honestly think uh, I don't. I just, right now, there's no traction. There's no whispers. Doesn't appear to be close to a deal. So, I think he's going to be on the roster for Philadelphia at least for the rest of this season. Whether or not he chooses to say, "All right, I'm going to try to play," probably not. Right. Probably not. But. Um, and again, when the Sixers are winning like this, they're not missing him. Right, so right. they're not going to be like, all right, we'll 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 do whatever we can to get him back. Right now, they're kind of like, you're only really hurting yourself at the moment by, mm-hmm. by sitting out. You're not playing yourself out of this team. You're not making yourself attractive to other teams. So it's up to you. My, my final just takeaway from this entire article is like, again, it feels like a lot of the stuff is coming from Simmons' camp. Like this Absolutely, is where Ramona yeah. is getting a lot of this information. And you would think... Because of that, you might feel a little more sympathetic to Ben Simmons after reading it, and I'm not sure that's the the main takeaway for a lot of people. I think it's, I think it's the opposite. I think there was a lot of stuff in here like the questioning and beat in the 2019 playoffs, and yeah, oh, where are you, Doc? Why don't you come see? Like, it, <laughs> find me. It almost mm-hmm. yeah. made it find worse. me in the valley. Am I crazy to think that? Yeah, there's a lot of eye roll moments. Yeah. It's even got me questioning, like, is Bane Simmons the problem? <laughs> it used to be about raising the cat when the Sixers won. <laughs> this guy got a dog named oh, after a villain, wow. and suddenly everything falls apart. I hate to say it. <laughs> what are you saying? We do that dog. Maybe every man shouldn't have a dog. Oh, okay. Mm. Okay. So is it just named after the villain? Just named after the, just cause? That or Desmond. Yeah. Yeah. That or Desmond. Desmond's biceps, I guess. Um, it is uh, an Italian mastiff. Yeah, a lot of muscles, don't they? Those type of dogs. Yeah. It's Desmond like that. Bean. It's like that jacked-up kangaroo. It's got some big pectorals under there. <laughs> right, I think. Right. I think so. I, I'm assuming. I, I will say. Uh, I, I think Ramona did a good job in writing both sides. It wasn't just a "Hey, this is what Ben Simmons' camp is saying." It, yeah, it made him seem somewhat petty uh, because he's calling out. Uh, an old teammate, just like he was called out. So the two rights don't make it wrong there. Uh, and uh, yeah, but, you know, I don't think, I don't think, yeah, Ramona was just spewing the stuff from Simmons' camp. So that's why it makes you feel that way. I think she did a good job of that. But I think it's clear Philly knows that the best player that they could have by the trade deadline or in March or April, it ain't anybody on someone else's roster. It's Ben Simmons, I would say. So I think they're still, he's still around. He's still around. They're still playing it. I, yeah, who? it seems very, very unlikely that he plays for the Sixers, but they're still showing him some love. You still believe it sounds like it's a possibility. I didn't say that. I said it's very <laughs> unlikely, but they still they know who the best player that they could have in March and April. Yeah, is. but that okay, but this is basketball. There's five people out there. He might be the best talent 
of anyone they actually traded for, but that does not mean it will work and that they will all like link up back together and everything will be copacetic. And I think the opposite could happen if he actually returned. Well, didn't Joel Embiid blame the fact that the team is built around Simmons? He's like, it's been built around him for years. Right. That, that's something Joel Embiid said and yeah. as a way to lure him back, basically saying, we're not doing that anymore. It didn't work. So I don't know. Uh, to me, both sides have been wrong basically the entire time for this. And now we're just getting the ins and outs and the actual details of exactly how they were mm -hmm. wrong. All right, That's well, weird, let's, man. let's hear from everybody out there. Are you tired of us talking about this? I'm sure some of you are. That's okay. I get it. I get it. But that was a different way to, it was. to discuss yeah. it, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, we'll take one more break. When we come back, JD's got Tweet of the Night, and we got Pick'em Results. Don't go anywhere. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training, just in time for those warm summer days. Pool season's coming soon, so I've been hitting the weights with Peloton and my guy Adrian Williams, trying to get my muscle on in order to expand my cannonball splash radius. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. It's easy to personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class, or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you already excel in. And their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Shout out to Adriana Aditi, Andy and Emma. I love you all so much. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, back with the No Dunks crew here in the Classic Factory. It's time for Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Yeah, Tweet of the Night comes from the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. Yes! <laughs> CBC Gem, to be exact. Uh, and that is, uh, I'm out of the loop, but I think it's sort of their their streaming service where you watch, you know, the classics. Coronation Street, uh, probably Degrassi, I would think. Sure. And, uh, of course, Murdoch Mysteries. And the tweet, <laughs> I don't have the tweet, I have it in front of me, but I'm not going to show it to you. Basically, it's showcasing a cameo yep. by Raptors coach Nick Nurse, and I have it here for our enjoyment, so here it is. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yes, here it is. Now, I've done some rough calculations. The average height of each of the boys on the team is five foot four inches. Arms extended overhead increases that average to six foot ten inches, leaving a gap from the tip of their fingers to the top of the basket of three feet, give or take a few inches. Obviously. <laughs> Sir? Has your team won a game yet? <laughs> no. 
You think you two are helping? Well, well, we are trying. A word of advice? How are you qualified? Well, I've spent my entire life in locker rooms. You need to let the coach coach the team. The boys need one voice to listen to. Let the man lead. I suppose you're right. Yeah, I know I'm right. <laughs> By the way, what's your team name? Well, oh. we don't have a name yet. Team needs a name. Something fierce, like raptors. Raptors? Raptors. Trust me, it'll catch on one day. <laughs> What's that? Must be from the circus. <laughs> awesome. Like, really, really great. I buried that wait, shot wait, wait, and then spinning the basketball. What was, That's what got the laughs. What was awesome? <laughs> hey, man, I think. How shitty it looks? Like, he was good. Like, he's he's good. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He's, he's, but the show looks insane. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's in its 15th season. So I couldn't believe that, GD. Yeah, I know. Must be doing something right. I, yeah, I think people almost love as it. old as you guys doing shows. Yeah. Almost, yeah. I, I was tweeting about this yesterday. It's a Murdoch like, mystery yeah. that I've never. I've never <laughs> Do you remember this show? No. Okay. No. I remember when it when it was launched, and I remember hearing the pitch, and it was just basically like, "Oh, it's CSI, but in the 1800s." Uh, and I was like, "Yeah, that sounds pretty cool." <laughs> but if, it's not cool at all. It's basically uh, Matlock. I think I've, I've actually never seen it. Yeah, people just say it's like feel good Canadiana. Oh, just someone also said it's great napping television. Hundred percent, hundred percent. What does Nick Nurse sound like? Ah, oh, okay. Mm. You guys, I've, like I've watched that clip twice now. I don't know. It's his cadence. Mm. Each time it comes to me, but then it's gone. Anyways, every time he I'll talks, I'm ne- I'm always like, oh, that's what he sounds like. Yeah. It's it, it doesn't doesn't match, match his voice right. for some reason. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. Anyways, this brought me back to my uh my cameo on a uh, a Canadian delight. Degrassi, I've already said it. I've yeah. been. I was on De, uh, Degrassi Junior High. There's the kids of Degrassi, and then they all went to Junior High. And I was on that one, and I have a clip that I'm going to oh, share. Yes, uh, it's not a shot, but uh, this is uh, uh, <laughs> not a shot. Well, I don't know. It Yo, might be a shot. coming up, people. Yeah, let's let's Just well let's it. have a look at it. This is uh, from the episode entitled "Dinner and a Show." And uh, if you look closely, wow. there he is. There yeah. I am in, in the, the back. background. Uh, oh my god! Working the ladies, JD. <laughs> yeah, hey, didn't need uh, to act for that. I'm sure. Oh. <laughs> well, that was my first time meeting her, and she was. Her name is Maya. Uh, you know, she's a very nice person. And uh, so here we are, uh, Joey Jeremiah, <laughs> jumping into my shot there. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Fedora. Yeah, uh, and then and then Joey. here we go. This is. You know, we cut away and then we come back, and here I am. Now, listen, just look at me acting. I'm not speaking, basically saying the alphabet because the dialogue up here. And I, now I want to highlight that that one thing there. This is me again in slow motion, popcorn in the mouth, and yep. watch the little flick of my. <laughs> you know, as as people do when they eat popcorn. Absolutely. Well, I'm I'm talking. I'm making a point. I'm you know. I'm on a date with this uh, lovely girl, and uh, anyways, uh, I feel you, Nick. I feel like me and Nick are in the same, you know, club or whatever. <laughs> right. uh, 
you know, long running uh, <laughs> Canadian shows where we made a cameo, although I didn't get any lines, unfortunately. Mm. But uh, did you eat a lot of popcorn that day? Oh my God, so much popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> like bags and bags yeah. and bags of it. But uh, it was a fun day. It was good. Wow. Good times. Did you watch either of these shows? Degrassi or uh, Murdoch Mysteries nah. when you were living in Canada? No. No, no, no. Did you even know it was a show, Murdoch? Uh, I don't know. Degrassi, yes. Yeah, don't yeah. know about the other one, though. No. no. All right. Wow. Amazing tweet yeah. of the night. We got to get that clip, Judy. Drop it in the Slack, please. <sighs> I make the same hand motion when I had the pleasure of interviewing Kobe Bryant. I made that same, Little. the same flick. Yeah. Um, we got to do a split screen <laughs> of that. Screen for sure. uh, okay, so Degrassi versus Murdoch. Is Degrassi still on? It's coming back. Degrassi versus Murdoch Mysteries. I know no one's watched uh, Murdoch <laughs> Mysteries, but Degrassi, an absolute classic. An right? institution. Yeah. A yeah. worldwide institution. Yeah, had like, time. And I grew up, I literally grew up four blocks from the actual Degrassi School. Street. Mm. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, Degrassi and, and when I was in Australia, Lee, mm. people would be, sometimes I would get, they would never say American, they would say Irish. Right. Uh, or sometimes they would say, are you Canadian just based on my accent? But one time somebody said, you sound like Degrassi. You know the show Degrassi? And I'm like... I was on. <laughs> you you're telling me you don't recognize me? What's going on here? But like wow. the uh, the oh, stupid that Canadian accent yeah. that all the kids talk with. That's what I yeah. I apparently talked with and probably still do to this wow. day. So there's awesome. some there's some accents in that show. For oh sure. oh yeah yeah. Um, all right. Well, let us know. A, if you watch Murdoch Mysteries, if you're a big fan. Uh, B, if you remember the episode of Degrassi that JD was in. And uh, any of your other favorite Canadian shows, uh, let us know. Okay, pick them results from last night. It was the Heat Raptors game. Raps favored by one and a half. I picked the Raps. Trey picked the Raps. Lee picked the Raps. Tass had swerved once again to start this brand new month of February. And uh, Raps got it done in the end, covering that there. That yep, Max Struess three could have given yes, in. Ooh, yes. That was close. Ooh, very, very close. Um, so we're all 1-0. and Tass is 0-1. What's tonight's game? Nine games on the schedule this evening. And some good ones. John Morant in Madison Square Garden. Grizzlies yeah. Knicks on ESPN. Kevin Porter Jr., Facing his old team, the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Cavaliers Rockets. That's wow, a doozy. Nuggets nice. Jazz, also on ESPN. A little confused why the Jazz are three-point favorites because I don't think Rudy or Donovan Mitchell are playing. They, they're both listed as out. Uh, and the one that we're picking, also a good one. Not really. OKC visiting the Dallas Mavericks. It's an 11.5-point spread. The Mavs favored by 11.5. It's a tough, tough selection. Three of us are on the map. Skeets, myself, and Trey Wally taking Thunder just to cover. Just to cover. I, I, yeah. I, I made a mistake this morning. I've been doing pretty well here in Pick'em. But I'm making my picks, like, instantaneously, right? Usually. Just like, you, you, you share it in the Slack, I go, boom, give me that team. It's been working out for me. <laughs> Today I did the opposite. Big line. I think the big line got me. I think I even responded to you. Wowzers, I think <laughs> I wrote back. And then... That's what he wrote. He I started <laughs> digging into the Mavs. I'm like, hold on, let's see how they do... You know, do they bounce back after a loss? Mm-hmm. And sure enough, they do. They win big after a loss. Well, then you're good. Yeah, but I think I'm overthinking it is my point. Agree. I'm, I'm, I'm already concerned that uh, you're going to be right with this one. And the Thunder are gonna come Anytime but, it's a double-digit line, it's tough. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I saw 11 points. I said, 
think the Thunder can at least keep it within oh, 11 points. Of course, points. they just smacked the yeah, Blazers. No Gilgis Alexander, of course, yeah, but uh, yeah. other than that, if they can just keep it close. But it's, it was a great game, but I'll say that to Tassie, because it was just enough points where you're like... <laughs> great line, Tassie. <laughs> that was, I mean, because... Well, that's, you know, that's, like, that's what the line makers do. Yep. I like it when you look at a game like that. Oh, I could really go either way on this one. Mm-hmm. Saw the double-digit points. I'll take them. Yeah. See what happens. All right. That's today's classic here from the Classic Factory. But we got another one coming in, I don't know, a couple of hours. We're going to hit the beach to answer your emails and tweets. So make sure you subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube, on Apple, on Spotify, so you know when that bad boy is up and ready to either join us live, again, early afternoon, East Coast time, if you want to on YouTube, or of course, just wait for the podcast to hit your feed. Keep sending in your questions, no dunks at theathletic.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. At No Doug Sink. Do you think we're going to put the little um, JD flair uh, of his cameo on Degrassi on our social media channels? I'm not sure. Oh. <laughs> you know, we got to see in the editing room if okay. it works or not. Okay, good. Thank you for I'm, your uh, Of course, we're going to force it. I'm going to force it. Yeah, it should be there. Uh, grab yourself an athletic subscription. Go to theathletic.com slash No Dunks and get your No Dunks merch over at nodunks.com. We'll see you later today on the beach. Until then, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, we live in the city where Red Velvet, Kevin Herter, plays basketball. We've got our own Red Velvet here uh, in Trey's shirt. Or is that, what color is that? Is that red? Yeah, it does look different. What color is that? Um, I've been calling myself a cranberry boy all morning, so <laughs> I think it's a cranberry colored shirt, maroon, if you mm. want to get yeah. basic with it. A little more purple to me than a cranberry. Oh, <laughs> a little overripe, you're saying? <laughs> yeah. Looks like a nice fine grape. Yeah, I can drink that in a wine. Ooh, you want to ring me out, buddy? <laughs> Got some soaking wet pits here. Interested. <laughs> <laughs> Not very breathable velvet, it turns out. Pick him yeah. right off. You're going to drink Trey Kirby's wine. By wine, we mean his armpit sweat. Tasty. Uh, yummy. Uh, embrace the day, people. <laughs>